What's poppin' everybody? How y'all doing? Thank you for tuning in to episode 31 of the Swamp Life Podcast, I believe. With yours truly, the one and only, Big Gator, Gator Love, Gold Chain Gator, Turtleneck Gator, Spiffy Gator, aka Mr. Where's My Lighter. And hopefully you guys had a nice week since the last time you guys heard my voice. You know, I've had a decent week. I've just been pretty much working most of the week. Um, picked up a second job, so hopefully I get to start that soon. Um, but yeah, man, don't know if I'll start that soon, so I guess just got to focus on the shit I can control, such as this podcast, so I do want to apologize for the inconsistency on the posts. Um, I know I'm supposed to post every Tuesday, and I'm trying to hold myself to that, especially when I start recording visually, I'm definitely going to be a little more strict with myself, but... I recorded some audio last night to post and it just wasn't up to par with what I've been recording recently. So yeah, I didn't want to put that out and put out some inferior product. You never know when it's going to be someone's first time listening or their first impression. I don't want it to be lower than the quality that I've been trying to put out continuously. So on to the shits and Last week, uh, Aaron stated that, I have to stop saying, uh, I just need to make this shit a little more fluent, that's annoying me, Aaron stated that I fucking, my statement sounded a little irresponsible about, when I was speaking, when I was speaking about Triple X, how I stated that someone should have done more than just check his pulse, or not someone should have done more, other people could have done something, as opposed to just standing there recording his last breaths, just recording a person dying, it just, me watching it, I, I think I put myself in the situation, me getting shot in my own car, dying, or something like that, I would, I just feel like it's super distasteful and super classless to record that, as opposed to straining his neck, or doing something like, when I was saying it, that's what I was thinking about, and he stated, you know, taking his, Aaron was, uh, originally when he was uh, going to school, he was trying to get into the medical field, the nursing field, I believe, specifically. So he got pretty deep into that. And he was saying how if a person who's inexperienced tries to maneuver him or position him to which way they think is helpful, they could actually be doing more harm than benefit for his body. And while I do understand that, and I'm not... I don't want to disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I don't want to say I don't want to. Like, I don't disagree with that at all. I personally, it just feels, it just feels wrong for people to stand there and record with, just record him dying. Like, I know in the video, he pointed out that you can hear the sirens and everything, so there's not much that they could have done, but damn, I don't know. Like, even as a person that's not a huge fan of X, like, watching that was like, fuck, do something, nigga, like, help him, but I I understand the point how it could be irresponsible, and I just wanted to touch on that, and I, like, I don't want to sound too naive in case other people also were thinking that, you know, I do understand that it is pretty irresponsible to move him, but it's just like, fuck, help this thing out, um, but, uh, they did catch his killer, Apparently they had some, from what I read, they are not covering this well, but 
apparently they had some encounters and everything like that, but this, I don't understand where in society niggas need to feel the need to take credit, like, where, where did this start in social media where you had to take credit for snatching a nigga's chain or committing a crime, like, do people not know that this will be used in a court of law? He recorded a video. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming this was like right after. And he's talking a whole bunch of shit about killing this nigga. And the fact that you killed him is a complete dumb issue that I'm, I'm not even going to dive into right now. And just the whole purpose of, I don't even understand the whole purpose of that murder in the first place. Robbing him for money, like money is very important, like, I'm not, I'm broke, so, like, don't let me sound like that, but it's just, like, you took a nigga's life, and there's so many other, steal it, don't, like, kill this nigga for it, you're going to prison now, like, what was, like, plan it, have some foresight, but that's, that's neither here nor there, as I was saying, he put out the video, and in the video, you're talking about shooting, and it, But I'm, I'm going to make it bigger than the video. I, I don't understand when people felt the need to snitch on themselves after committing their own crime. Like, honestly. Think about the nigga that took uh, Dexter's chain. These niggas were taking pictures with it, posting it on Instagram. <laughs> Fucking, I can't think of another situation. I had one in my brain, but... Damn, I know another nigga's chain just got snatched recently, and these niggas were in the car screaming how they took his chain and took his shit. So it was, fuck, I had his name, but I fucking lost it right away. And it's just like, little shit like that. Like, you niggas aren't wearing masks or nothing. Like, that's automatic time. Or, that's an automatic crime. Like, you might not go to jail, like, because crowds are overpopulated, or prisons are heavily overpopulated right now, so I mean, you may just get a few years of probation, but still, do these niggas not care that they're just snitching on themselves, dude, I haven't even been arrested before in my life, and I know that these things get used against you in the court of law, like, do people, is this not common knowledge, people posting guns on Instagram, and drugs, and all this shit, like, and then they wonder how they get caught. Do they think the cops don't have access to this at all? Or do they think the cops don't use this? Or what? I've never posted that shit on Instagram. So, like, I've, I'm genuinely curious as to what someone who has. Like, if, if you've ever posted guns or something on Instagram and you're listening to this, can you tell me why you posted the guns on Instagram? I genuinely want to know. Like, I'm not, not in from a judgmental way or actually from a very judgmental way because I think it's dumb but I still want to know why like what you were thinking when you posted it like would you caption the picture like just what was going through your brain to where you needed to post that that's what I want to know and you know while I'm talking about people that are no longer with us I have to talk about the Janoris Jenkins situation um, if you're not familiar with Janoris Jenkins, he's a cornerback on the New York Giants. And apparently while he was gone from a uh, mandatory training camp, well, after mandatory camp, they get to leave, do their thing for a while still, you know what I mean? And uh, he, he's from Florida, I believe, so he went out there, went home, do his thing. And 
<clears throat> while he was gone, he had someone watching his house, of course, and that person, when Janoris Jenkins came back, he found that person dead. And that's crazy in his own right. But when I first read the story, Bleacher Report made it seem like this nigga caught a body. And I was like, damn. The story read like Janoris Jenkins, body found in Janoris Jenkins' uh, New Jersey home. And you click on it, um, Janoris Jenkins arrived home and finds body of, I forgot the, the man's name, I'm sorry to disrespect his family and everything like that, but tells you his name and it says he was the one watching the house, but it does not say Janoris Jenkins didn't smoke him for something or, you know what I mean, it, it has no indication that anything, it just said he came home, found the body, further details will be explained later on, but then... It tells you that, uh, not that, but TMZ did their own digging, of course, and it found they found out that his brother was getting on a flight. It does, they don't say where, but apparently when he was on the jet, because we're going to put some respect on his name. Originally, I said the uh, the plane, but like I said, the jet. He got on the plane or the jet acting all nervous and frantic, and then he, he was acting so nervous and everything, he got off. Apparently, he was all nervous and everything to fly or whatever, but now he's a person of it. The police came out today and said he's a person of interest in the crime. So it all just links back to my original point of why do don't even dry snitch on yourself. If you're going to commit a crime, I don't. By the way, I'm not encouraging any of you young niggas to go out there and commit a crime or anything like that. But if you are, do some prior reading like read your history learn what's got other people caught before because the same mistakes don't need to be made over and over and over like if you regardless of what you smoked him for I don't even know if you smoked him you might have you might have shanked him up however you did your thing why would why would you feel the need to get on a jet and fly somewhere or put the body in the fucking basement of the house he was watching I, there's so you can YouTube a way to dispose of a body like Dexter taught you how to get rid of a body there are so many known ways to get rid of a body by the way I've never murdered anyone or, or, or assisted in any of disposing of a body or anything like that just in case the feds are listening I'm just saying the internet is a very valuable tool for anything that you need Yet so many people get caught doing the stupidest shit. The stupidest shit. I don't understand it. And he wasn't caught yet. I don't even know if he was the person that committed the crime. But it helps his case none. That you go into the public and act nervous and frantic and all this for no reason. Especially after there was a crime committed in your family's personal circle that's gonna raise eyebrows all over now they're gonna dig deep and they might find some stuff that isn't even linked to the murder he may not have committed the murder and done some other shit that minor shit that he might get caught for now just because you out here dry snitching on yourself you know before i drill y'all with more sports I just wanted to touch on like 
having a new job and some shit that I feel like could be applicable to y'all and helpful at the same time. You feel me? But give me a second. You know, I've been told I have a pretty diverse working portfolio. Um, I've been a dog groomer. Uh, I've sold suits. I've cooked at the bowling alley. I've worked in fast food. I've sold regular clothes at PacSun before. So, and one thing I've noticed is that like most jobs, especially, I want to say most corporations are all the same you know rules and guidelines and um, those things for example and just my personal advice that I would give to anyone starting a new job and yeah anyone starting a new job just approaching a new situation where they're gonna be surrounded by people or you know maybe it's a group project or you know you're starting class you know what I mean going to school this is all applicable I don't know if it's applicable in school, but, you know, starting a new job. Let's just focus on that. Fuck it. Um, I've noticed that regardless of the field or wherever, there's always people whose lives are focused around work drama or who will instigate work drama or who just live off the drama that is going on in the work field. It's like it's wild to me being 22 and having big goals and aspirations and just being an ambitious individual that there's people's lives who are fucking centered around the drama that goes on in the work field. Like these people fucking live and die by what happens and they come in and only talk about what's going on at work. They don't talk about their kids' lives or fucking husband anything everything they talk about at work is centered around drama and all they want to instigate or perpetuate ooh, I, I'm, oh, is drama and that is so wild and if you start a place if you start at a place and it's like that well for one unless it's a place that you have to be at I would advise you to leave because you, the drama is going to circle around you whether you want it to or not it's just gonna happen. Like, trust me, I've been there. I don't like to be involved in the petty catty shit, but it definitely pulls you in. Even if you're somewhat how I was, how I would try to defend the person to an extent and just try to push it to where you're, say these things to that person or like, don't say it when they're not around, you know what I mean? Push, I would like literally just try to push it not necessarily push them to fight, but like push them to have that conversation face to face as opposed to talking behind each other's backs or just being catty and bullshitting. You feel me? Also, I would advise not to. And I know it's kind of inevitable because you're going to like more. You're going to like others more than you'll like. You're going to like some people more than you like others. It's just one of those things that happens. But. I would kind of suggest to avoid clicking up with anybody and making, becoming too close of friends with somebody that you may regret becoming friends with. Because at the end of the day, 
it's just a job. And unless you're starting your career, you don't really want to become too close of friends with too many people at this job, follow too many people on social media and shit like that. Because when these people start to fuck up at work, or if you start to fuck up at work, or call in sick, some shit like that. If you call, I'm gonna give you the best example right now. If you want to call in sick, you request a day off. You say it's your friend's birthday, June 19th or something like that. You request a day off. They don't give the day off because your coworker friend also requested a day off just to go do some. Just she wanted the day off. You ask her if you could trade it for the day off because it's a really close friend. She says no because she needed the day off just because she needs to recoup. Tell me that's not going to piss you the fuck off. But then you want, you really need that day off. So you call in anyway. And they ask her to call or they call her to come in. She comes in. How do you think that work relationship is going to go after that? Rocky. Especially if you already told her what you needed the day off for. And if she's not feeling it and then she just snitches on you, then what? And she has you on Instagram. He or she has you on Instagram, so they know where you at. So when you post those pictures and they snitch on you, it's going to be like, no, she wasn't sick. She was right here. Her family's blah, blah, blah. And it's right here. Bam. Then what are you saying? You feel me? That's just one of the prime examples. And I know, like I said, it's inevitable because you're going to like some people more than you're like others. But... I would strongly suggest that you keep your social media to yourself. And when you first start, and I know this may sound like common sense, but I started at the same time as another nigga. And he, I, I knew him before he started work. So I, I kind of knew his personality and everything. I've had encounters with him and everything like that. He, he knows my uncle, so he's come to my house and shit like that. You know what I mean? We smoke together and shit. He's a, he's a goofball, Right? Like, he's just a goofball outside of work. He's kind of not loud and obnoxious. It is what it is. That's his personality. That's cool, though, outside of work, if that's who you are. You would think if a nigga's loud and obnoxious outside of work, once he starts work, he'd have some sort of professionalism. You feel me? No. Do not be the same person you are at the house around... Well, for me personally, if you are around anything like me, I work around a bunch of rich white people. So, do not be the same nigga you are at the house around a bunch of rich white people. It just doesn't translate. Have some professionalism. They carry themselves differently. You can't be loud and obnoxious. It's just not perceived the same way. (laughs) Also... I've noticed I'm a little more perceptive than others, so, like, I pick up on people's behavior and tendencies a little quicker than some people do, but I would try to, I would say, try to watch who's going to be shady. Like, there's always going to be a person that snitches, who's, like, a manager's kiss-ass, who's, who's just their little mole, you know what I mean? They always get their little days off that they ask for, they always have the best shifts, you know, you'll notice that they're real cool with the manager. They're a little buddy buddy every time you see them together. Now I would just oh I would just suggest to watch out for that person. Because there's a reason they have the good shifts. There's a reason they always get the days off that they need. 
and they may be a hard worker. They may be. But I've worked at places where that person was not a hard worker at all. But they still got all the days off they needed. They still got all the good shifts. So when you come in, I would just suggest to do your thing and avoid avoid that person and watch out for that person. Don't become too cool with that person though. You want to make it you, you want to I would just suggest to be cordial with every single person at work and and that be the full extent of it. Be cordial with every single person. They don't need to know too much. They you know, I mean, if you got a kid or whatever, they can know that. They don't but just keep it cordial, light conversations. You don't need to tell them too much details about your life, regardless of the field. Because like I said, I'm I'm telling you, there's people's lives who are fucking focused around work drama. They live on it, they thrive on it. That's just what they do. I'm telling you. So if you take in if that's the only advice you take from me, this work spiel. Please don't give away all your business at work. So back on sports. Sadly, Carmelo Anthony opted in to make $28 million again this year. Again, I don't know if he's made $28 million before, but to make $28 million this year with the Thunder. And um, it's, honestly just, it's honestly just kind of saddening because he he's an all-star and if he could just play to half of what he was known to play like, he can make such a strong impact on the Thunder. And I don't see how he's so egotistical to the point where he refuses to come off the bench and lead the second team if all he wants to do is score. If that's all you're looking to do, I, I don't see why you're refusing to get your mission accomplished and also accomplish the team's mission because the team's trying to win his fucking championship you're just trying to score but to cement your legacy you need a championship so why not succeed to what the team is trying to accomplish that's what baffles me so much about Carmelo because this is his this is the greatest chance or last year was the greatest chance in his career he's ever had to win a championship. If he was ever going to sacrifice the kind of player that he was, it would have been last season. If he was ever going to change his playing style, it would have been last season. Especially at that age. Let alone the players that he was playing with. The best talent he's ever been around. And he chose to be a selfish bastard. Now, he opts in, and I seen on ESPN a few team or teams, a few uh, analysts saying that now the Thunder are in full control and they can do similar to what the Knicks wanted to do. This is what the Knicks wanted all along. Now they can force him into a sign and trade. They could trade him, have him agree to a no trade clause. They could buy him out. They could lower his value, or not lower his value, but they could degrade him and make him feel forced to leave the same way the Knicks could and I disagree with most of those things and I'll just go point by point the very last one was the biggest one no they can't degrade him and degrade his character and make him seem as if he's the issue or the problem because they're in Oklahoma City 
and the New York Knicks can do that simply on legacy alone. Their legacy and stature in the NBA is cemented. They're one of the most historical teams ever, regardless of what James Dolan does. His dad did enough work to where the Knicks are going to be the Knicks, and they're in New York City. So location, location, location. Although Brooklyn's in New York City too, you're not really trying to pray for the Brooklyn Nets. The Knicks are people grew up watching the Knicks. Bernard King, Patrick Ewing, those rivalries were Jordan. So they can degrade somebody's character, and people are still gonna say, ah, James Dolan's just a bitch. But damn, playing in the Knicks, man, that's something I've always wanted to do growing up. No one was like, damn, I've always wanted to grow up playing in Oklahoma City. You know what I mean? So they can't bash him or degrade his character because they're a small market team. They need that, that like, they need their likability to stay as high as possible because they're already viewed as a stand-up organization and they need to keep it that way. And now for the trade, the no trade, uh, or the trade he has a no trade clause in his contract. So you can't trade him to any team unless he agrees. And there is no team in the fucking league that is going to take him on for $28 million. Unless you give them fucking Russell Westbrook. There's no one is taking 20, his $28 million contract with the way he played last season. At all. So you're not doing a trade. The uh, the buyout option, that's something we could talk about. Because there's no way he needs to get that whole full 28 million. He's made enough money throughout his whole career to where he could he would agree to a buyout, I think. Now, the only discrepancy would be the price. <sighs> like the the biggest problem is they knew when trading for him that this would potentially be an issue, but I don't think anyone expected him to play this bad. So when they when they traded for him, they knew when they crossed this bridge, or I feel like when they expected to cross this bridge, they expected the ride to be a little more gracefully in whichever way they went, whether it was parting or keeping. And now the fact that he's... or there's not a true decision being made. He was obviously going to agree to make that amount of money, but whether they decide to part with him, it's going to be a rough part because they don't want to pay him 21 million, which is 75% of the guaranteed money that he's, he would be making. Let alone, I don't fucking, I don't think they want to give him 14 with the way he played last season, but him on the other hand, that shit's guaranteed. So he's going to get that money whether he wants. It's guaranteed. So it's whatever y'all want to do. I'll sit on the bench and make $27.9 million. Or y'all could trade me. And I, but the thing is, it's all about what Carmelo Anthony wants to do. Does he want to go somewhere and contend for a championship? Or does he want to just make money when he's already made millions of millions of dollars? So the... Uh, I don't know, man. The ball's in his court. Like, I disagree with everyone 
on ESPN saying that the Thunder are in full control when they can't make a decision unless he agrees to it. But while I was watching FS1, I seen Baker Mayfield to change lanes real quick and just to get the rest of the sports topics out the way. I seen Baker Mayfield on Colin Cowherd's show. And I wasn't a big fan of Baker Mayfield before pre like pre-draft and everything. Just with all his antics, not antics, you know, all the stories that surround Baker Mayfield, I wasn't a fan of the Browns taking him number one. I just, it was kind of surprising. I didn't think it was a good pick. But hearing him talk, I like it. I'm not going to lie to y'all, I like it. He might he might be the real deal. His, uh, his wording and the way he just took control and didn't let that narrative dictate who he actually is I was like oh bro hmm cause you don't see a lot of rookies or just players in general directly address something and, and try to directly clear it up like point by point and, and stick to that point like they don't let the media's narrative because the media doesn't really necessarily run on facts is just whatever they feel like saying at that time. No, they will. He truly addressed it point by point directly and said, no, that's not the case. Colin brought up how he, um, the narrative around Baker Mayfield is that he's selfish and bad teammate because, uh, he's been caught drinking and partying and doing shit like that. Uh, one, the Heisman was on the opposite side doing, um, was he hump? I don't know what the what gesture he did. I forgot, honestly. But, uh, whatever. And when Colin brought this up to him, that he scored a touchdown and ran to the opposite side of the field, he was like, no. If you were at the game, you would see that a portion of our student se- section traveled all the way to Alabama. And I, I think it was the Alabama game. I don't want to misspeak. They traveled all the way to Alabama, so when I threw that touchdown, I ran over there and I celebrated with them. And right after I celebrated with them, I ran over and I celebrated with my teammates. And then Colin pointed out how, well, you have to run back to the sideline and blah, blah, blah. And then he said, well, okay, if you're going to point out that five seconds, did you see the two touchdowns I threw before that where I celebrated with only my teammates? And then Colin was like, well, yeah, but yeah, you know, but I, I don't like that. You know, I just, you ran over there and then... And he's like, well, if you're going to put on a five-second clip, I need. I think you need to look at the other two touchdowns I threw where I was with my teammates the whole time as opposed to just looking at a five-second clip to control the narrative that you're looking to push. And I was like, whoa, Baker, you dog. Like, I, I just liked the way he, he didn't get rude or overly aggressive in the way he was speaking. He just spoke clearly and with passion and I wish when black people spoke when they spoke in that same manner it was viewed in that same manner and not as aggressive or being angry you know but I don't want to make it too much of a race thing but I know most black quarterbacks and just black men aren't allowed to speak and carry themselves in that tone in that manner, the way Baker Mayfield is. What I do think is a really dope race thing, though, 
is Luke Cage. I'm not sure if y'all have seen that yet, but man, I love how organically black the show is, along with a really dope storyline. Because it's a black superhero that kids can actually look up to that's in the city that is facing poverty and dealing with all the things that black men and black people deal with every day but he has superhuman strength and his skin is bulletproof and I think metaphorically that means more than just him actually having tough skin and being bulletproof but we'll leave it for the literal literal reasons right now and in watching the show how much they highlight the Harlem Renaissance and the historical figures that really laid way for black people to be where we are now and have the voice that we have now and the sauce that we have now just like the people who originated some of that style the fact that they highlight and name these people is just that's some of the coolest shit I think ever and the fact that they're in Harlem highlighting for example um one of the women in the show built a center and she's highlighting a bunch of historical black women just to show that you can be a superhero without having superpower. You know what I mean? Just that small little thing can make like a little black girl watching the show be like, oh mommy, who's my Angelo? And just, you know, although my Angelo is pretty fucking famous, it could make you wonder it can make a little girl wonder who she actually is. Because she's famous to us being, you know, people my age. But a little kid's not going to necessarily know who Maya Angelou was. I can't really name the other black women she named because I was very lit while I was watching the show. But that one small little thing is one of the bigger points that I'm trying to make. And it's not even just that. There's a bunch of historical figures that they name. And there's a bunch of murals and monuments that they pass by and talk about their significance. And explain how that meant something in the neighborhood. And just historical black figures, how they meant something in the hood. And growing up, being in black neighborhoods and shit like that, it's like, fuck. There wasn't too many shows that you could watch as a kid and grow up and be like, I'm going to be Luke Cage or something like that. I remember being a kid, the black superhero was the, the Green Lantern, and they fucking took him off and removed him for a white guy. And I remember as a kid being so pissed off about that. But that was the black superhero who I wanted to be like as a kid. Or the nigga who had um, the dreads and uh, the lightning. Another black superhero who was pretty cool. But other than that, there wasn't too many black superheroes that kids could grow up and fight and be like. That's why I think Black Panther and Luke Cage. And I'll even throw Black Lightning in there. Those superheroes are overly important. For kids growing up black these days, especially with all the issues and controversy that black people are facing on a daily basis. Not that we haven't been facing it for hundreds of years, but it's so accessible to see now that I think it also, we also need the positivity to be so accessible and easy to see. They need to know you, all black kids aren't just getting shot and gunned down all the time you could also grow up and be something 
and become something as well anytime you know it's a 50 50 coin and I, I think niggas need to know that too as opposed to just the negative that is pushed on a constant daily basis It's actually sad how unorganically black BET is. You know, they had their award show this weekend. And basically the highlight of the whole show that I can think of was Nipsey Hussle slapping the shit out that dude outside. Nigga, the slap was so hard I thought he was mic'd up. I don't even... I didn't... I watched the highlights just so I could be able to familiarize myself with the show. And I don't remember anything that happened. The only thing I remember was the Jimmy Fox um, trying to get Donald Glover to sing the This Is America part and that happened and yeah like that's cool but the whole show is just underwhelming in general there was a point where all the big stars used to show up Michael Jackson would be there and it would just be a whole the culture would sit down for that Sunday and know BET was on the BET awards were on and they would make it a point to watch I didn't even know the BET Awards were on until it was damn near over. That doesn't make sense. Why is BET not, as a whole channel, pushing black culture and black society the way, uplifting black culture and black society the way they need to? And just speaking on issues, airing shows that could increased traffic creating shows like man this is just frustrating to even think about but I seen a tweet talking about how they need a whole revamp airing shows how HGTV HGTV airs but about black people the DIY, DIY shows the home buying shows the home flipping shows fucking the real world but for black people there was already a show like that but I don't know what happened to it. Fucking airing HBCU football games. Now, that point, I think, was the biggest point. Because I think that could drastically change a billion-dollar a billion dollar industry in the NCAA, uh, talking about the NCAA. Because before black people... You have to think about it. Before black people were going to... Allowed, not even before they were just going to, before they were allowed to go to all these schools... They were going to HBCUs and dominating these schools secretly. And then, you know, laws changed and everything. Now they're allowed to go to these schools. But you have to think about all the scandals money-wise that come out with everything. Players allegedly taking money and mothers getting houses, cars, or whatever, just so this kid can go to this school. But now think about if this kid was just going to this school simply off the historic, nostalgic value that this school places in his life and in his culture. Like, I don't understand why for black people that's that's the only culture that isn't viewed as as valuable. If Asians had their own ABCU, that'd be filled with fucking Asians. If there was a Mexican MBC or wait. I said I said that wrong. H A C U. There'd be a if that shit would be full of fucking Asians because they value their culture. And that if there's that shit was full of if a, there was an H M C U, that'd be full of Mexicans because they push and value their culture. I don't see why 
black people refuse to push and value our culture. <sighs> and I think that, that that point alone would be something that could just drastically shift the way football is played. Just that point was just monumental in, in so many ways that, that that would just be the tip of the iceberg in a shift of too many things to come if they were to air HBCU games. That would that would generate so much fucking revenue. Man, I don't even along with the HGTV shit though, honestly those those shows would have way more sauce and just they'd be way more cool to watch if they had black people on them. So that whole tweet, I forgot your at name, but I should have I definitely should have quoted you and, and just gave you a whole shout out because that's a dope ass idea. And if BET doesn't want to hire her for the job, I'm definitely the man to do it. I will definitely take the reins and get y'all going in the right direction. So if y'all need a new creative director, holla at me. If anybody knows somebody at BET, they got some connections or anything, I'm here for it. So, yeah, I'm here for it. Give me the job, nigga. All right, then. That's all I got this week. Um, Y'all have a good week, man. Good night, good day. Whenever y'all hear this, man, if you fuck with it too, I need you to retweet it, repost it when you see it. I need more listeners. I'm trying to grow the Swamp Life community. Um, But yeah, man, y'all have a good night. Peace out.